Morning, everyone. It is such a privilege to be with you today. And I'm really trusting and really praying that God does something special uh, in your heart as we engage with Him and what He's doing in the world this morning. Um, I just want to say well done to the 14 men or so who came to the first uh, men's monthly prayer. Um, it was a really exciting time of praying together. We're going to be doing it again on Tuesday, the 1st of December, um, 5.30 in the morning to 6.30, so you can be there before work. And I really want to encourage you as men of harvest to be there a really special time together. Uh, now, just last week, we were privileged enough to go to Victoria Falls for a short bit to visit family and to show our girls a natural wonder of the world, which is right on our doorstep. And if you haven't been to the falls or if you've been a long time ago, this is your time to get there. It's reasonable. Uh, it's easy enough and quiet on the roads to get there. And it is very quiet with no tourists around. Now, going to the falls is always a really exciting experience. I absolutely love it. And it's hard to convey in words the wonder of standing on the edge and just watching those falls. It's mesmerizing, it's beautiful, um, and it's, it's something you can just sort of sit almost like a fire, sit and gaze at for ages and ages. Obviously, we had our two girls, so we didn't gaze for too long, but I just find it um, incredibly special. And it's even better when there's no one there. So because of obviously almost no one traveling as a result of uh, COVID. It means that we got to go to the falls. We saw one other couple on the walk on the path, but otherwise we were the only ones there for the entire time. We also explored the national park, saw amazing animals, went to different restaurants. And again, we were the only ones there. We maybe one other table, maybe one other car we passed, but otherwise it was so special to be there at that time. But in the midst of all of this benefit to us, as a family, what is so sad to see and what's so important to see is I couldn't help but think of the massive difficulties that many people in Victoria Falls are facing. From curio sellers to restaurant waiters to large managers and school teachers, it really is devastating that there isn't the tourism there. Many have lost jobs, many have their livelihoods taken away. The micro economy is just in a very, very hard place at the falls at the moment. But in, in the midst of that, there were these amazing pockets of joy and amazement that we kept experiencing as a family. And I just couldn't get this sort of contrasting worlds out of my mind as I processed it the last few days. And I felt the Lord show me that this is a picture of what life is like in the spiritual as we live on earth. This is what it means to live in the kingdom now as well as the kingdom not yet life and the tension of those two together. And so I want to pray for us and then we're going to dive into that and really trust that God speaks to us with such clarity about the kingdom now and the kingdom not yet and us living in the tension of it. So let's pray together. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this opportunity for us to dive into your word. I want to thank you for this opportunity to look at what it means to live in the midst of these sort of two different kingdoms, almost like we experienced at Victoria Falls, beauty and wonder and joy on the one hand, but then also uh, difficulty and trial and struggle on the other hand, and what it means for us as Christ followers to live in the middle of that and to live well for you. So I pray as we, we go further and as we dive into your word, please challenge us, please instruct us, please show us more of yourself and the role you have for us to play in the middle. Your name we pray. Amen. Great. So when we talk about 
the kingdom now and the kingdom not yet. When, when I talk about the kingdom, what exactly am I talking about? When people talk about the kingdom of God, what exactly are we talking about? Well, simply put, the kingdom is the reign of God. It's the reign and rule of God. The kingdom is wherever we allow God to rule and wherever we submit to his leadership. And this can be within our hearts. It can be as a family. It can be the churches that we're part of, a business that we run or lead and beyond. The kingdom is the place where we see God on the throne. So it can be in the midst of us in our hearts. It can be around us in a situation. It can be in an organization to an extent, but it's the place where we see him on the throne. So that, that's the kingdom. It's the reign of God. But why is it now and not yet? Why are we living the kingdom of God now on earth, but also not yet? What are we talking about? Well, during life on earth, we can have these incredible experiences with the Lord. Dramatic moments of God's power. I've seen some of those. I trust you have as well in your lifetime. Joyous celebration as people come to faith and are transformed before our eyes. And amazing breakthroughs in people's hearts with seeing people addicted to things set free and move into freedom. Just like the Victoria Falls moment that we experienced as a family. These, these little pockets of wonder over the few days that we were there. But... We must realize that this world is not the fully realized kingdom of God yet. So we see these pockets of God's kingdom, but it's not the, the completely realized kingdom of God yet. And so alongside the kingdom, there will be trials, there will be anguish, there will be pain, similar to the undercurrent of difficulty we saw in Victoria Falls. So we're having these pockets of amazing times, but then there's also these pockets of really difficult things happening all around us and real trials for many people. And these are things that we cannot escape, no matter how much faith we have, no matter how much hiding we do, no matter how close to the Lord we are as Christ followers, life is not as it will one day be. The kingdom is not fully realized yet. The perfect kingdom is still to come. So God's reign has become has begun on earth with Christ coming, his life, death and resurrection. His kingdom has come, but it will not be seen in its fullness until the return of Christ. It's present, but it's not yet consuming. It's been inaugurated, but not yet fully consummated. And so that's why it's a now and not yet. We've got God's kingdom now. It's inaugurated. It's begun, but it's not fully there yet. And we live in the middle and this is what the scripture scripture teaches so the the scripture shows us these both angles that we live the now and the not yet it says on one hand the kingdom is already here let's look at this in matthew 4 verse 17 look at what it says uh, jesus has been tempted in the desert uh, he's now begun ministry in galilee and look what he says from then on jesus began to preach repent because the kingdom of heaven has come near so Jesus was on earth, he was living, he was ministering, and he said, the kingdom has come near. That's Matthew 4, verse 17. What about, we flip over a few pages, and Matthew 12, verse 28. He says, Matthew 12, verse 28. If I drive out demons by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. So he's saying that when, when the work of God is happening on earth, the kingdom of God has come upon you. 
And in Luke 17, verse 21, he's talking to other people and he says, nor will they say, look, here it is, or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. So this is really clear. This is scripture saying the kingdom is now. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is in action on earth. It's here and it is wonderful to see. But then we need, to, we need to look at the other side. We have to see the other side of Scripture and hold the two together. It also teaches that the kingdom of God is not yet fully here. So look at what it says in Luke 19 verse 11 um, and 12. As they heard these things, he proceeded to tell a parable because he was near Jerusalem and because they supposed that the kingdom of God was to appear immediately. People were thinking, great, Jesus is here. He's going to move to Jerusalem and he's going to become king in an earthly sense. That's what many were thinking. But verse 12, he said, therefore, a nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom. This is him talking about him dying and being resurrected and heading to the kingdom of heaven. And then it says, and then return. So there's this picture in the parable of Jesus saying the kingdom is here, but actually I'm heading to my kingdom and then I'm returning with it in fullness. So that's one picture. John 8 verse 36, Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would have been fighting that I might not be delivered over to the Jews, but my kingdom is not from this world. So it's Jesus saying the kingdom is now, but also the real fullness of my kingdom is somewhere else. It's not here yet. And then look at this interesting one, Paul writing to the Corinthian church, 1 Corinthians 13, this famous um, love passage often used at weddings. Look what he says. He says, for we know in part and we prophesy in part, but when the perfect comes, the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put aside childish things. For now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I'm fully known. What's Paul getting at? He's saying, you know, as people and our relationship with Christ and what Christ is doing, we, we see partially, we see partially what he's doing now. We get to know him partially. We see his kingdom partially. But one day we'll see face to face. So those passages are talking about the not yet. And so it's essential as Christ follows that we hold the truth of the kingdom now and the truth of the kingdom not yet together. And we realize that we live in the middle where these two join and intersect. Because the thing is, is that we can go to two extremes and the enemy loves us to go to extremes in our faith. Whereas God brings us to the middle, to the tension of the both and in scripture. But we need to be careful that we don't go to extremes. What am I talking about? Well, the extreme one is we can be on the side of going, we believe God's kingdom will only come when Christ returns. And so there's not a strong display of his miraculous work during life on earth. And we don't expect it. We can be in danger of saying, you know what? We live in the mess of the world. His kingdom is only coming when he returns. So to be honest, we can't expect him to do anything miraculous. We can't expect to see his kingdom in an amazing way. All that we can really do is hold on until heaven. One day it's going to be great and we're going to get to escape this world. But for now, we're just going to hold on until that day. And the only benefits of the kingdom to us will come at the end. So we don't get to benefit from, uh, from the great things that he promised. Now, that's going to come later. We, we sort of just live holding on to that future time. Now, what are the problems with that view? What's the problems with that perspective? Well, firstly, it means that we can live 
with a very low level of faith and a very low expectation that God's kingdom is going to come in a miraculous way now. And as we do that, we miss out on the wonderful kingdom benefits now. We miss out on seeing the gifts of the Spirit in action. We miss out on seeing the miraculous work of God because we don't believe it can happen. And so we don't step into it. And so we don't see it happen. We also run the risk of having loads of head knowledge about God, plenty of head knowledge about Him and knowing the Scriptures back to front, but without the Holy Spirit's power and gifts being regularly used and seen. So we have head but we don't so much have heart and spirit. This can lead us to live a very religious way of life where there's little room for God to move unexpectedly. We do what we're supposed to. We, we live how it talks about in scripture, but there's not really room for a sovereign God who's all powerful to break into our lives in different and unexpected ways. We can also potentially downplay the close and intimate friendship we can have with the Lord being sons and daughters uh, by the Spirit, we can downplay that close, intimate relationship that's possible. You know, John 5 verse 39, such a, a challenging scripture. It says, you pour over the scriptures because you think you have eternal life in them, and yet they testify about me. He was talking to the religious leaders and he was saying, you guys look at the Bible and you know it back to front and you know everything about it. But what you don't realize is the scriptures are testifying about me and I'm here, I'm with you. I want a relationship with you and, and you're missing the point. And so it's, it's so important and we need to ensure that our passion and desire is Christ rather than knowing about Christ. There's a big difference. Is our passion and desire about knowing Jesus, knowing him intimately, knowing him personally or just knowing about him? That's one of the dangers of the, the one extreme. So what's the second extreme? We've obviously looked at the first one. What's the second uh, problem that we can have if we go to the other extreme? Well, this extreme is that we believe God's kingdom is fully here. And so that if you have enough faith, if you have enough belief, you will see his kingdom come completely on earth. And you're able to escape the trials that others fa uh, face if you have enough faith. This can lead us to want and expect all of the kingdom benefits now on earth and ignore the tension held in scripture of kingdom now and kingdom not yet. And so what we can do is we downplay the fullness of the kingdom to come and the focus is a lot more on earth. Now, now why is there a problem with this? Because it's amazing to want to see God's kingdom come now. What are the problems with it? Well, often it can lead to a very low view of God being sovereign, all-powerful, in control completely. A God who we can rest in and place our trust in, who's in complete control of our lives when things are going great and when things are tough as well. And a God who's working no matter what in every situation for our good. So we can downplay that because we're after everything, all the eternal benefits now. It can also lead us to, we need to be careful of this, it can lead us to focus on earthly pleasures rather than eternal treasures. I'll say that again. If we have that perspective of wanting all the benefits of the kingdom now and believing it's all for now, it can lead us to move our eyes and focus completely on earthly pleasure, all the benefits of the kingdom now, at the expense of heavenly eternal treasure. 
it also brings us into uh, puts us in danger of putting an almost equal playing field with God when it comes to us, where we can kind of get him to create the outcome we want. If we have enough faith, if we have enough belief, we can kind of get God to do what we want, or so we think, even though we can't, so we think, because we're focused on everything now. Matthew 7 verse 22, this is a very, very scary passage. It says, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do mighty works in your name? And then Jesus goes on to say, I never knew you. And you sit there going, how is it possible that these people were doing all the powerful things of God? They were casting out demons. They were prophesying and giving words from the Lord in His name and doing mighty works in God's name. But actually one day they don't make it into heaven or they, they didn't actually know. How is this possible? Well, it's because we need to be very careful and we need to caution people about this as well. We need to be very careful that we're not pursuing the power of the kingdom instead of the king himself. Those are very different. We have the power of the kingdom as an overflow of knowing the king. And we have it in part now. But we need to be very careful that we aren't driving people, that we aren't personally pursuing the power of the kingdom rather than the king himself. So that's a problem with that view as well. And you see both of these perspectives about the kingdom aren't biblical. Both of them are on one extreme and on the other. But as we saw at the start of the message, the tension of Scripture is right in the middle and we need to live in the tension that's laid out in Scripture. A man named David Shaw, he says the Christian must hold that tension because to veer to either side leads one to despair, I don't have enough faith, or hopelessness, God is powerless to help me and neither of these are true. So, for you watching as a Christ follower, maybe you're not and you're still exploring faith. Well, as Christ followers, this is how we live. As a Christ follower, king in today, we live where the world war has been won. The world war has been won. Jesus has defeated sin and death on the cross. The war has been won against the enemy. But for this period of life on earth before King Jesus returns again, the fighting continues as the final enemy outposts are pushed back until they are gone for good at that time. So how do we live in this moment? Just a few quick points before I close and pray for us in this to help us. Firstly, we need to be expectant and full of faith that we will see the kingdom break out in everyday life as it has done since Christ came. So that's the first one. We need to be expectant and ask God for, for faith and to give us the faith to see his kingdom break out as it did when Jesus was here, as it did in the time of the early church, as it's done for centuries. We today, living now in 2020, almost 2021, we need to live with that same level of faith as well. So, so how are we going to see his kingdom break out? Well, firstly, we need to ask God to, to, for his kingdom to break out in heart change, personally in our lives for the sin in our lives, for, for the lack of faith in our lives, for that and others as well. We, we, we want to see His kingdom break out there. We want to see His kingdom break out in, excuse me, in the transformation of people. People moving from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of life. People giving their lives to Christ in healing, in physical healing, in seeing God's kingdom come as people are set free from the bondage of sin, the bondage of decay. And we can ask God for that and be expected for that. What about business change? 
There's incredible kingdom businesses around the world. And what I mean by that is businesses who want to see God's rule and reign happen through their businesses. In America, there's a famous one, Chick-fil-A, one of the, the, the best sort of smart fast food chains uh, around. And they are avidly focused on seeing God's kingdom come as in what they do. And there's many others. There's ones in Zimbabwe as well. How can we see his kingdom break out through the marketplace and what we do? And then what about society? Think of William Wilberforce who fought basically his entire life to see uh, the slave trade overturned. If you want to watch a great movie, watch one called Amazing Grace. It's the story of William Wilberforce. Watch that. A man who gave his life to see God's rule and reign in that area. But maybe in education, maybe in poverty in your area, people being set free, we can, we can be expectant to see God move. So that's the first one. Be expectant and full of faith. Ask God each day to see that happen. Just uh, on, my, on my drive here to, 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 to do this message, um, I, was, I was waiting at the traffic light and I don't even know if the lady in front of me was a, a Christ follower or not. I don't know that at all, but there was uh, someone, uh, a street child over there and he walked across to the car and I saw her open up her, her lunchbox in front of me and give him her, her pizza, her leftover pizza. Now that was probably her lunch and maybe she could buy it again, but I, I, I almost cried. It just brought tears to my eyes going, this lady, I would have loved to have cold pizza. I love it or heat it up uh, from, from that day. But she, in that moment, was just like, actually, do you know what? I want to bless this person more than myself and what I could eat for lunch today. And I thought, geez, Lord Jesus, that's just a tiny glimpse of, of the kingdom breaking out in a tiny, small way. So that's that. Second one. Second key point. We need to realize that we're not immune to the effects of this earthly kingdom. We need to realize that as Christ followers, we are not immune to the effects of this earthly kingdom ruled by Satan, but we can know that the ultimate battle is won. So we're not immune in this time on earth. Ultimately, all of us are going to die. We're going to see decay. But in the midst of the struggle and the trial, we're not immune to it, just as sort of those people of Victoria Falls, that story I shared earlier. But the ultimate battle has been won already. Look at a few verses, Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 2. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world, talking about the world in which we live, according to the ruler of the power of the air. That's talking about the enemy. So, so he, in many respects, is ruling this world. God overrocks it all. God's sovereign and, and, and God's powerful. But there is a role where the enemy is very active and is doing things and causing damage in the world. Look at this one in uh, Romans, uh, a really powerful one. It says, For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it, in the hope, that's talking about God, that the creation itself will also be set free from the bondage to decay, uh, the bondage to decay in the glorious freedom of God's children. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together with labor pains until now. It's this picture of the earth hurting. The earth not as it should be, the earth groaning and in pain. Then look what it says. Not only that, but we ourselves who have the Spirit, so us as Christ followers, who have the Spirit as the first fruits, we also groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. The redemption of our bodies. What's it saying? It's saying us, our bodies, they decay. We get sick. Yes, God's kingdom breaks out, but ultimately there's decay and there's hurt and there's difficulty, there's trial in the world in which we live. 
So a, a, a comment from Desiring God. The decisive battle against sin and Satan and sickness and death has been fought and won by the king in his death and resurrection. But the war is not over. Sin must be fought. Satan must be resisted, sickness must be prayed over and groaned under, and death must be endured, because all of us will face it, until the second coming of the king and the consummation of his kingdom. It's the not yet, and it's the us understanding that we go for it with faith and zeal and excitement, but we also realize that we live in the not yet as well. Final closing point. Don't lose heart when you don't see heaven on earth, because one day it will be made right. That's the tension. Don't lose heart when, when things don't happen as you expect. When situations happen that are just out there and you just go, Lord, I just don't know why this is happening. I don't know why th this isn't right and I know it's not right. Don't lose heart because we have confidence in what's to come. We need to live in the tension full of faith and zeal knowing the best is yet to come. Look what we have to look forward to. Revelation 21 verse 3 to 4. Then I heard a loud voice from the throne. Look. God's dwelling is with humanity and he will live with them. They will be his peoples and God himself will be with them and will be their God. Look at this. This is what we look forward to in the kingdom fully consummated. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Grief, crying and pain will be no more because the previous things have passed away. So don't lose heart. Don't lose heart. That's what we have to look forward to. One day God will make everything right. There may be things we don't understand now. One day he will make it all right. And as we look to him for that one, on that wonderful day, we live full of hope and trust, praying as Jesus Christ taught us how to pray in Matthew 6 verse 10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray together as we close. Heavenly Father, it's often so difficult to live in the tension between a kingdom that's here and now an act of your kingdom, but also your kingdom that isn't absolutely completely fully realized that will only be when you return again. I ask as Christ followers, as harvest people, as anyone else tuning in, that you would help us to live in the middle in the tension of scripture that teaches both. You would help us to not sway on a pendulum from one side to another, both of those are dangerous. That's where the enemy wants us to be in extremes, but, but we need to take all of Scripture, the whole counsel of God. We need to live in the tension of what you taught, the tension of what uh, the early Christ followers taught, what Paul wrote, what Peter wrote. We need to live in that tension. I ask as we do it, those three points, I pray that you would help us to live expectantly and full of zeal to see your kingdom come now to see your gifts of the Spirit in operation, Holy Spirit, to see the sick healed, to see um, the blind see, to see people set free from bondage, to see your kingdom come, your reign come in people's hearts, in communities, in families, in churches, in businesses, in societies. I pray we'd live like that. I pray that we would live with an understanding that your kingdom is not yet fully here yet. And so there is a battle still to fight. There's a war still going on. There is going to be difficulty. There is going to be trial. There is going to be hardships and things we don't understand. There is going to be suffering. But in the midst of those two tensions, the one hope we have in the middle, the absolute sure hope, is that one day, God, you will make it right. One day you will make it right and there will be no more difficulty, no more crying, no more grief. We will live in the fullness of the kingdom for all eternity. 
I ask that you would help us to be robust in our faith, to have a, a grip and an understanding on, on, on all of what you teach in Scripture, God, and for us to live strongly and expectantly and full of faith. Father, for people now struggling on one side to, to see you move in a powerful way. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would invade hearts right now. You'd invade lives right now. You would, you would raise our faith levels and our expectation levels to step out and see you do the miraculous, to operate in the gifts of the Spirit as you give. For those maybe on the other side, I ask that you would help us to, um, to, to be able to, to see the not yet aspect of Scripture, to see what you teach, to see you as a God who's in absolute control, where the battle has been won, but it's only going to be completely consummated later. And ultimately, help us to be people full of hope and life no matter what. In your powerful name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for being with us today. We're excited as a church at what God's doing. Thank you again for your generosity towards the different initiatives we're doing from the orphanages to supporting different ministries around Zimbabwe and beyond. Uh, we just want to thank you. It's so exciting to see that happening and to see God changing lives and using us as a church. And we're, we're excited at what God's doing in the run up to Christmas and 2021. So, so thank you so much. It's what a privilege to journey with God together and pray that you have a brilliant rest of your day. Thanks so much.